This is The Beat Generation, a look at music throughout the years that changed our world, from the original beat poets of the 50s through to the musicians of the 60s until today. They've become known for their influence on music that has shaped the soundtrack of our lives, simply known as The Beat Generation. Welcome to a brand new season of Beat Generation, produced in association with Bad Boys Media and Townsville's Triple TFM. The name got its show from the 50s and 60s writers that inspired so many musicians. Each week during season three, we'll look into albums that have changed our lives by artists that have changed the face of the musical landscape. A full song listing can be found at our Facebook page, forward slash music that changed the world. And make sure you check out our Instagram page, The Beat Generation Podcast. A podcast of this show and past episodes can be found at Apple and Spotify, along with other great Bad Boys media shows, including The Bad Boys Unleashed and Secret Men's Business. Check out our shows, and if you like what you hear, then make sure you leave a review. So sit back, put your headphones on, crank up the dial, and journey with us this week in Episode 5 and the second part of our look at the David Bowie trilogy of albums that forever changed the way that we look at David Bowie, Hunky Dory, Ziggy Stardust and Aladdin Sane. This is David Bowie, Life on Mars. Who's in the best selling show? Is there life on Mars? Welcome to the Beat Generation. I'm Shane Bryan, joined this season by my co host, Andrew Hackett. Now, we're normally hosting the Bad Boys Unleashed together, but we thought we'd jump on the Beat Generation to share these iconic albums with you. So what did you think of the first week, Andrew? I'm loving this dive into Bowie's life uh, and and getting right down into the weeds of how he transformed and changed from album to album. He definitely was uh, a chameleon of rock, as they called him. Yeah, absolutely. And look, most of it, in all honesty with you, at the time absolutely went over my head. I'm only really starting to appreciate his work now. Yeah, it's like a fine wine gets better with age. That's right. Bit like me, mate. (laughs) So last week we explored the birth of the alien Ziggy Stardust, the starman who was about to set the world free, a character that was responsible for forever changing the career of David Bowie. The album made Bowie a household name, and according to Bowie's biographer Nicholas Pegg, it left a milestone on the highway of popular music, rewriting the terms of the performer's contract with his audience and ushering in a new approach to rock's relationship with artifice and theatre that permanently altered the cultural aesthetic of the 20th century. It's been called one of the most important albums in music history and especially the glam rock genre. One of the greatest albums of all time, it has been reissued and remastered multiple times and in 2017, it was selected for preservation in the National Recording Registry, being deemed culturally and artistically significant in music history. It announced Bowie to the world as a gay icon, a cult figure, and as a result, Ziggy became a personality ingrained into Bowie's life. That his stage character became his offstage character and his whole personality was affected to the point where he began to question his own sanity. Eventually, Bowie had to kill off Ziggy Stardust and the whole world was shocked. So to start today's show, let's take a listen to the title track taken from the final performance which was eventually turned into a movie in 1979 and shown to the world in 1983. 
This is Ziggy Stardust from the soundtrack Ziggy Stardust The Motion Picture. You're tuned to the Beat Generation. Concert in 1973 was a milestone. The recordings weren't that good. The song selection had been criticised and the film itself was shelved for 10 years. Yet it remains memorable because of one announcement. The end of Ziggy Stardust. A year earlier, Aladdin Sane was released and one song that was left on the studio floor was one of the favourites at Ziggy's concerts, All the Young Dudes. The song instead was given to Mott the Hoople who had commercial success with the track, produced by Bowie himself. This was the only recording of Bowie's version until 1995, when a rare mono studio version surfaced. In concert, 
the song was nearly always paired with the Hunky Dory track, Oh You Pretty Things. The only other time we heard the track was in reverse as the basis for the song Move On from the 1979 album Lodger. This is All the Young Dudes and Oh You Pretty Things by David Bowie from the live concert in 1973. You're listening to The Beat Generation. to stay. Now, you could be forgiven if you thought that this next track, regularly played in Ziggy concerts around the world, belonged to the whole Ziggy Stardust era. But Space Oddity was recorded three years before his alien even saw the light of day. Five days after its release in 1969, Apollo 11 from the US was launched. The song is seen as lampooning the unsuccessful British space program and Major Tom, its unfortunate astronaut. 
Of course, there are deeper meanings, and in Bowie's 1980 single, Ashes to Ashes, Bowie himself admits Major Tom was a junkie. Bowie had an unusual obsession with space. Two years earlier, on his 1967 track, Love You Till Tuesday, he said, Don't be afraid of the man in the moon, because it's only me. It is without a doubt Bowie's most famous song, and when Bowie passed away in 2016, the song re-entered the charts around the world. It was even made popular by Canadian astronaut Chris Hatfield in 2013, who performed the song on the International Space Station. A fitting tribute to the man who seemed bound for space. And of course, his final single, Lazarus, had him prophetically sing, Look up here, I'm in heaven, I've got nothing left to lose. The song that began the whole Bowie space journey, Space Oddity, from Ziggy Stardust, The Motion Picture. This is The Beat Generation. Tin can. For 
From the beginning of his career as the illustrious David Bowie with Space Oddity through to the final moments of Ziggy Stardust's life, the film was a moment in time captured and finally released to the public in a double LP format in 1983 and in theatres on 35mm film. The film itself may not have become such an important moment in rock and roll history if it had not been for the point that David Bowie proclaimed the end of Ziggy Stardust. Everybody... This has been one of the greatest tours of our life. We really, I, I first, I'd like to thank the band. I'd like to thank our road crew. And I'd like to thank our lighting people. Uh, of all the shows on this tour, this, this particular show will remain with us the longest. Because not only is it, not only is it the last show of the tour, but it's the last show that we'll ever do. Thank you. Very few people knew of Bowie's decision to end Ziggy, and in fact, many took it as the end of Bowie. The phrasing was deliberately ambiguous, but most of the audience and the magazines took it to mean that Bowie was retiring from music. He had actually killed off the Ziggy persona, but not his music career, to make way for his next persona, A Lad Insane. Bowie had become Ziggy Stardust. Bowie never stopped touring, but the Ziggy costume never came back out of the closet. Of course, the song he sang straight after the announcement fueled the rumours of his giving up rock and roll. This is Rock and Roll's Suicide, and you are listening to The Beat Generation. Time takes a cigarette. Puts it in your mouth. Pull on your finger, then another finger. Then your cigarette Well, the wall-to-wall is calling It lingers, but still you forget Oh, you are rock and roll suicide You're too young to lose it But you're too old to lose it 
And the clock waits so patiently on your song Well, you walk past the cafe that you can't eat when you've lived too long Oh, 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 oh. you're a rock and roll suicide Now the ship breaks a snarling as you stumble across the room the day breaks instead so you hurry home don't let the sunlight blast your shadow don't let the milk float bind your mind they're so natural religiously
we will be back with a new Bowie creation, Aladdin Sane, and our look at Bowie's formative years with David Bowie changes. This is The Beat Generation. Hi, this is Shane. And Andrew from The Bad Boys. If you're after quality, hard-hitting journalism that matches four corners... News that'll keep the government and the people accountable for their actions... And current affairs that's more reliable than, well, a current affair... Then then that's that's not not us. us. Bad Boys Unleashed, music, entertainment, celebrity interviews... And the only original Bad Boys news that makes 60 Minutes sound like the Muppets. Join me, him and bad girl Angie for the conversation that no one wants to have, but everybody wants to hear. Bad Boys Unleashed, subscribe for free on Apple and Spotify. This is The Beat Generation, a look at music throughout the years that changed our world, from the original beat poets of the 50s through to the musicians of the 60s until today. They've become known for their influence on music that has shaped the soundtrack of our lives, simply known as The Beat Generation. Welcome back to the Beat Generation, produced in association with Bad Boys Media and Townsville's Triple TFM. I'm Shane Bryan, joined by another member of the Bad Boys, Andrew Hackett, as we look into albums that have changed our lives by artists that have changed the face of the musical landscape. Make sure you check out our Facebook page, Music That Changed the World, and our Instagram page, The Beat Generation Podcast. Written in the US while on tour for Ziggy Stardust, Aladdin Sane was influenced greatly by America and the songs had an edgier glam rock sound. With red hair and a lightning bolt across his face, the album was the most expensive cover made at the time and the image represented Aladdin Sane's split personality and Bowie's mixed feelings about touring and stardom. Bowie did not want to be trapped as Ziggy for the rest of his life, so rather than continue the Ziggy Stardust character, Bowie decided to create a character that wasn't as clear-cut, less defined, and one that would allow him to have some fun with costume changes and more theatrical experiences on stage. It's kind of from the Aladdin Sane. Um, Aladdin Sane was a schizophrenic that's accounted for lots of the, uh, why there were so many costume changes. He said so many personalities that like each, as far as I was concerned, each costume change was a different facet of the personality. another Aladdin Sane thing. Aladdin Sane, I, I saw him as, I found like lightning, a lightning bolt really represented him. The title track is the album's pivotal song, experimental, avant-garde, improvised and recorded in one complete take. The name is a pun on Alad Insane, inspired by Bowie's half-brother Terry, who was diagnosed with schizophrenia. The song itself is a bridge between Bowie's pre-fame and multitude of characters and his mid-70s obsession with Berlin. It was Bowie trying to free himself from the confines of rock, and the original name of the track also included dates after the title, 1913, 1938 and 1970 sometime. 
It was the dates of the two world wars and an unknown date for a pending World War III that Bowie believed was coming. And so begins the journey of a lad insane. This is The Beat Generation.
Aladdin Sane was, like Ziggy Stardust, a concept album transporting us to a post-apocalyptic world that Bowie once said was 2033. The song, Drive-In Saturday, sounds like a 50s doo-wop song, but the subject matter was grim. Inspired by the barren landscape of Arizona, the song deals with a society that cannot make love anymore without the help of porn movies at a Saturday drive-in. It name-checks Jagger, Twiggy, Carl Jung, and references bands like T-Rex. But most importantly, the song is a complicated pop performance. In fact, it was that complicated when it was offered to Mott the Hoople it was rejected. Bowie didn't take it lightly and shaved off his eyebrows in response. Because that's what you do. <laughs> Apparently. From the Aladdin Sane album, here is Drive In Saturday on The Beat Generation. Yeah. 
time He's waiting in the wings He speaks of senseless things His script is you and me Boy Time He flexes like a whore Falls wanking to the floor His trick is you and me Boy Left your coat behind. Take your time. 
That was time from Aladdin saying that completely divided the critics. It was either described as five minutes of weird perfection or strained and incomplete, depending on who you listen to. A popular track in concert, it was included on Bowie's 1988 Glass Spider tour. Despite the commercial success of Aladdin Sane, the consensus was that the album felt rushed compared to the planning and precision that went into Ziggy Stardust. Yet even though it was inferior, it still showed that Bowie was ahead of the game with a very Stones-inspired production and a strong reliance on the songs rather than the storyline. Where Ziggy was designed to reach the front row, Aladdin Sane was satisfied with the theatre balcony. It was definitely a more theatrical release and was demonstrated as such with Cracked Actor which became a feature of the 1974 tour of the US with Bowie singing the song to a skull, Hamlet style, while wearing sunglasses. <laughs> but more importantly was his decision to release the track as the first single into the Russian market with John I'm Only Dancing on the B-side. This is Cracked Actor from Aladdin Sane. Oh, my God. 
three years with three top ten UK concerts and a showcase of characters, David Bowie's rise to fame was riddled with all the trappings of a rock and roll lifestyle, but by 1973, Bowie was at his commercial peak. By the time Bowie was recording his seventh studio album, Pin Ups, he was unsure of where to take his career. Not wanting Ziggy Stardust to define him, he disbanded his backing band, The Spiders from Mars, and parted ways with the producer Ken Scott, marking an end to Bowie's classic pop period and bringing him into a more experimental territory with Diamond Dogs. We did the Diamond Dogs tour and took it from New York to Los Angeles. Uh-huh. And I felt that that was enough, really, rather than come back with the same thing. I wanted to give myself um, an opportunity just to work with the band. Yeah. So a lot of the glitter is gone that we associate with you, and, and you've got an entirely new, new person there. Um, it, but it was one of, of putting together lots of bits and pieces and loose ends and directing the whole thing and remembering a thousand things at once. But the, so that was one kind of fulfilment. But now that I'm working just with the band and singing, which is something I haven't done for years, just stand and sing my songs, yeah. I'm finding a new kind of fulfilment. Um, I'll go back to doing productions. In, um, you will? Oh, yeah. I, I just wanted to go out and sing my songs as a singer songwriter for a bit. Do you want to be understood? You know what I mean? That Ziggy Stardust was, nothing uh, to understand. I mean, was concerned with uh, famine in the world and so on and prophecies of the world running out of uh, food and stuff I mean, like I'm that. I'm a storyteller and a story writer and uh, I decided that I preferred to enact a lot of the material I was writing rather than perform it as myself. At this moment, I'm performing as myself, but I will continue in the future after I've done what I wish to do at the moment, return back to writing stories and I will enact them again and I don't care what anybody says, I like doing it and it's what I shall continue to do. It's hard not to consider this period from 71 to 73 as the years that defined Bowie as a character and even more so to not see everything that preceded it as being influenced by one of these three albums. One song that's remained a constant in nearly every concert since it was released is Gene Genie. It's a nod to his friend Iggy Pop, the ultimate Gene Genie, as well as the author Gene Jeanette. And it was the line, he's so simple-minded, 
that gave the band Simple Minds their name. This song and in fact other tracks from this period have found their way into popular culture and beyond, bringing the legacy of Bowie into the ears of generations 50 years on. Thanks for joining us on the B Generation this week and our look at David Bowie, Life on Mars. Join us next week as we go back to the 80s and the career-defining album Thriller by Michael Jackson. To take us out this week, Gene Genie from David Bowie's Aladdin Sane, I'm Shane Bryan. And I'm Andrew Hackett, and this has been The Beat Generation. Back blazers and ate all your razors while pulling the waders Talking about Monroe and walking on Snow White New York's a go-go and everything tastes nice Poor little greenie Get back on Gene Genie lives on his back Like a reptile, she loved him, she loved him, but just for a short while, she scratching the sand, let go of his hand. He says he's a beautician, sells you nutrition, keeps all your dead hair for making up underwear. Poor little greenie.